Welcome, it's Jeremy Allen Gould. I'm coming to you today to confirm between God and of man that in fact the rumors that you have all heard are true. I started this podcast because I freaking love music. I was privileged enough to book amazing artists and bands in the past, and I was lucky enough to stay in touch with many of them to this day. This is a place to hear their stories. Thank you so much for riding along on this journey, and I hope you enjoy what you hear. With that said, the rumors are definitely true. the latest episode of the Rumors Are True podcast. My name is Jeremy, and today I welcome Devin Von Balsen, the drummer from the band Flip Turn. Uh, known Devin and his family for quite a while. Uh, his father and I and his mother and I uh, grew up together. So it's just a cool uh, conversation with um, an incredibly talented and gifted drummer, and I'm really stoked for his family, his band. Uh, they're crushing it right now. So I, um, I hope you really enjoy this conversation and um, be sure to add me on the rumors are true cast on Instagram and the rat podcast on Facebook and I really appreciate the support and uh, tell your friends guys here's the latest episode with Devin Von Balsam. Devin Von Balsam, what's up dude? What is good, Jeremy Allen Gould? How are you? I am doing just fine now that I'm back in Florida and I'm feeling the humidity and the heat. Oh, it's oh, uh, yeah. It was very much missed. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you back at home with your parents? Yeah, um, back at the house. Um, got to hang with my, my siblings, Sadie and Cooper. And yeah, it's just going to be back with the family, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what, what do you got going on now, um, now that you're off tour? Well, so just rest days right now. Um, it, we we only have a, a couple because this weekend we're doing Okeechobee Festival down in South Florida. Oh, I've been to that. It's awesome. Dude, it'll be my first time. Uh, Flip yeah. Turns played before, but it'll be my first go at it. And I've heard really good things. So That's, we are super stoked. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. So tell me about that last tour you just went on. It looked nuts. And- Dude, it was it was incredible. And it was very fast paced too like that was the first time we've done um it was it was just four weeks and it was five on two off every week and we've never done a tour like that it's always been like two shows three shows a day off like got travel days but we were just knocking them out like crazy and it was a blast i don't know if i ever want to tour in like early february and late january ever again just because of how cold it is in the northeast like we have never loaded in the snow before, and as like Florida people, that was intense. That was oh, like yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. I mean, I'm glad we did it. That was it was fun, but 
there were moments where I was like, oh my god, I can't feel my fingers. This is oh crazy. my gosh. Um, dude, that's nuts. Dude, it was so surreal though. The entire tour sold out. And that's and that is insane. It it was just it was crazy. People showed up and were singing the tunes and I mean it was just incredible. So what does that feel what does that feel like when people are just like losing it? Oh my god. I mean it's it's unreal. It it's everything I've wanted to be a, a part of. Like growing up, I would watch my favorite artists put on shows and I would hear crowds. I was like, man, if I could just like create these moments for people, this would be the most fulfilling thing. So it's very full circle and it's super surreal and fulfilling. Um, so yeah, I feel like every tour we get off of now, I'm just like overwhelmed with like all these positive emotions. So yeah, it's, it's just, it was really good, man. I almost like haven't had enough time to let it all settle in. You That's know what sick. I mean? What, yeah. was the big, what was the biggest show? Was it that Georgia Theater one in Athens? Yeah, it was definitely Georgia Theater. That, um, that place is nuts. It was crazy, man. And, like, seeing all of the, the signed names on the walls, yeah. like, of the, the stairwell leading down to the, the stage, it's just the amount of history in that room is crazy. Yep. Um, definitely the biggest flip turn headliner so far. I think it's just a little over 1,000 cap. So wow. playing in a room like that is awesome. It was it was a good feeling. What a moment! That's really cool, dude. Yeah, That's super cool. Sweet man. Well, let's let's get into this. I know some of your story, but I don't know if mm -hmm. other people do. So I thought I would ask, what? Tell me what right. growing up was like for you. Um, kind of what family life was like, and mm -hmm. music, and in, in your life, and kind of uh, records and bands and influences. Mm -hmm. Just kind of tell me about you. Yeah, man. It, I had it real good growing up. I I feel like I have the the coolest parents ever. Um, I, I agree with I mean, that wholeheartedly. You, you know, my, my, my dad, Mike, and my mom, Shannon, and they're just incredibly sweet people, and they're artists as well. Like, my mom's a singer, and my dad plays drums and was in a bunch of really cool bands, and I feel like as a kid, getting to be around all of that and, like, growing up in those atmospheres and, like, hanging with those people, watching my dad do it, it's probably it probably like subconsciously left such a great impression on me like more totally. than I realized you know um so I, I felt like I was always hearing Shangri-La practices and um you know getting to go early morning to church gigs and stuff and I I just I always loved it so that and they always put me on like I, I would listen to whatever it was they were listening to like I, like early early um, music love was Jimmy Eat World and Sun Bears and, you know, my dad's band, Shangri-La. Amazing were, band. Dude, yeah, Dashboard Confessional, like, all these, like, emo rock bands. I don't even know, like, how would you describe that genre? Cause that's, yeah, like, I mean, that's yeah, rock and roll, emo, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's all kind of, the lines are blurred now, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, th those were definitely early influences and I, I I don't think I understood like as a kid that not everybody at like the Baptist school I was going to listen to that type of stuff so <laughs> I was like I remember there's this one time where I, I got up in front of they like it was like first day of kindergarten they had the whole class it was a small school they had each kid come up and like sing their favorite song for like a second and like everybody would be like oh like my little sunshine like Jesus loves me or something and I got up and I was like yeah takes my pain away like full <laughs> jimmy world that's you know, amazing this kid is this kid's crazy that's incredible um, 
Yeah, I just had no idea. I just, yeah, it was a, I, I look back very fondly on growing up. I bet, I, man, dude, your, your family means like so much to me. And I, I'm not trying to take the floor here, but Mike and Shannon, your, your parents, I've known for so long and mm-hmm. I love them dearly. And they have, you, all three of you kids are incredible. It's so awesome to see you guys like crush and whatever you do. And I just am so stoked that you guys are all in my life. Like, I'm really, really thankful for that. Bro, that, that's a two-way street. I, I think that was also a really cool part. Like, I always felt like I was friends with my dad's friends. He, I mean, he he just seemed to surround himself with such great people. So, yes. I mean, having you a part of my life has been such a joy. So, I mean, this is – it's awesome getting to hop on this cast. It's really Yeah, cool. man. I really appreciate it again. Yeah. Sweet, man. Well, let's talk about some of uh, – well, of course, your dad was a drummer. And mm-hmm. you, you said subconsciously it started to kind of peak its way. Mm-hmm. When did you start to play drums? When, when was that kind of uh, coming around? Yeah, uh, you know, I think I've always, I was always hitting on drums just because it was always in the house and I'd, I'd see my dad do it. I was like, oh, this is cool, this is a thing. Um, and I was probably like nine or ten when I really took an interest in it. And it, it, I, I don't know, I, I think... You know, I was listening to a lot of Mute Math at the time. Yeah, I can see that. They were a super big influence, and my dad kind of pushed me to try out for like youth worship at church, and that was going really well. And I, I attribute a lot of my my chops and reps to those early days. That was probably like that was when I was like 15 when I really started doing that. But from like 12 to 15, I was really practicing. I really liked the drums. I was kind of deciding between like theater and music. Like I didn't know which I was into more. Um, and and then I went and I saw a bunch of shows because, uh, you know, I was finally like old enough. Like I could go around and be in those atmospheres. And Big Ticket Festival happened. I think it was 2016. Yeah, I think I was working that. Yeah. So, and that was the one that 21 Pilots was headlining. Yeah, and I remember yeah. that lineup was freaking crazy. I mean, like, Neighborhood was on it. Mute Math had a slot. Walk the Moon. And that was a really cool time for the alternative scene. And I, I think that era of music left such an impression on me. But I remember seeing Mute Math set, and I was, like, on the barricade because they were my favorite band. And I just, I had no idea. I had no idea that the live show, like the atmosphere in the yeah. live setting could be a hundred million times more impactful. So getting oh, to hear those songs, see them crush it, like watching Darren King live, I, I, I saw it and I was like, this is everything I want to do. This is the yeah. coolest thing. This is the greatest feeling. Uh, Clado was right behind me during that show and he was cracking up because I would turn around and like my jaw would be dropped like every <laughs> second. So I think that show was really what like confirmed it for me. I was like, okay, I want to do this. Like, I don't care who I'm playing for or like what's happening. I want, I want to perform like this. I want to do yeah. this thing. Um, so yeah. And then, and then I, I went into a very hard mute math phase and just started like really studying like every everything darren did and eventually i got really into phoenix and all these like physical super high energy drummers thomas headland from phoenix is a beast yeah so speeding off all these people and then digging back into early shangri-la stuff being like wow like you know my dad does this too and i don't know it all left such a big impression 
on me. And I think that's what set me on the path. That was like the early inspiration, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely can hear those influences, those drummers you mentioned in, in your mm -hmm. playing, playing. And then of course your dad as well. I mean, your dad is a phenomenal drummer. So mm -hmm. it's, it's like, uh, you know, for, for me seeing both of you play, it's so similar, but it's different if that makes sense. And, and it's right. just cool. Like, a, ch you're a chip off the old block, really. I mean, it really is what it was down to, uh, you know. Genetics are weird, man. Yeah, they really yeah. are. And I know your dad's smiling with a, the biggest grin on his face when you're playing. Like, he's, you know, your biggest fan. It, it's a cool feeling, like, getting to see him. He They, they came to the, the last show that we did. Oh, the four, or Georgia in Georgia? In uh, Tallahassee. Oh, Tallahassee. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, a, we did two shows at 926 Bar. The last night was my birthday. Oh, that's so right. Super special. Related, by the way. Thanks. Um, yeah, it was cool having the family there. But getting to see like my dad side stage or like out there somewhere, it's always it's a good feeling. It Absolutely. keeps me going, you know. That's so cool. I love mm -hmm. that. So tell me something about uh, once you started getting the drums going and playing at church and whatnot. When did you start? Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe saying, "Hey, I want to make a band," or and kind of talk about your first bands. Yeah. So my buddies and high school like around that time like ninth grade um jonas miller chase barrett joseph arns those were the dudes that i spent so much time with as a kid and we kind of grew up together in church um i met jonas from uh jude collie from shangri-la yeah. his his brother was jonas's father and we kind of met at a reunion at i think it was here at this house it was like some shangri-la reunion or somebody's birthday and we just we hit it off and silly so we started making music because we all thought it was really cool and you know those were the those are the that was the first experience i've ever had with like writing songs and working together with other people and you know booking shows locally and i i'm just i'm so thankful for that experience getting to like Christina Wagner from Rain Dogs yeah. like, really was she took us under her wing and like let us like headline her her stage yeah. at, at that venue. Um I mean, we were just kids, like we didn't know what we were yeah. doing. I think we, I had you guys play with Unwed Sailor too, I think. That was the very first show. It was the very okay. first show we did, Mock Shop. I think Banquet was on the bill too. Yeah, like, Banquet. We, we got to we it was before Joseph was even singing in the group and we got to open for them and that was that was super fun i remember i just had so him on the podcast too. yeah that's so crazy it's so yeah, cool that's a good episode it's he's he's uh mm -hmm. he's incredible incredible yeah guy. And, and i was a big fan of uh pedro and the lion oh yeah are you going so, by the way are you gonna be gone there in april they're they're coming here right yeah yeah jackrabbits i i haven't confirmed if i'm in town or not i need to look at those dates cool. but that would be such a crazy yeah show to see. it's gonna roll God. he's incredible live have you seen him before oh yeah yeah i saw them at the basement east in nashville oh nice and yeah that was and me without you opened and that was that was a crazy lineup that is bonkers mm -hmm. that's so cool sick yeah. dude so after these bands these uh this first band that you had Mm -hmm. uh, it was Sola Fide, right? Sola Fide. Yeah, Sola Fide, Sola Fide. I don't know. We just kind of like picked some weird random Latin phrase that we thought sounded cool. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think it's up for interpretation. Um, um, yeah, so then is uh, kind of after that, is that kind of when you started playing with Johnny Swim? Is that right? Yeah. So, okay. So Jonathan Berlin of Sun Bears, which this was so crazy for me at 
that age because I grew up on Sun Bears. And Berlin's like the coolest dude. Bowser is the craziest drummer. I freaking love that guy. And he had such a strong influence on my playing as well. Yeah. He's so, amazing. you know, I kind of, I idolized those, those dudes growing up in the, in the local scene. Um, but Berlin came to a, a solo Fita show and was like, I like these guys, like guys, I'll, I'll produce, record a song for y'all for free, which was such an incredible opportunity. Sure. And I like, I, I, I am still so grateful for the experience, but he did a song with us. And I think through that, Berlin and I like worked together really well. And, you know, shortly after that, I think the seat opened up last minute um, in Johnny Swim for a tour. And, you know, because I was working with Berlin at the time, I think that's why he pitched my name to the crew. And I was I was a senior in high school. I was 18 years old at the time. And it just kind of, it kind of all worked out. They, they, I think they hit my dad up first to make sure like they weren't, you know, jacking up whatever I needed to finish at school. And I remember that being such a hectic process, but like my school was cool with it. I got to be able to finish stuff on the road and it was like a, it was a early and elongated senior trip for me. That's like when I hopped on the summer of 2019 and I had never toured or done anything before that and it was first tour to like, was on a bus dude first tour on a bus i was spoiled spoiled rotten it was uh such an incredible i mean it was everything i'd ever wanted to do like i couldn't have dreamt of that scenario that's happening. so cool but that was a blast and i remember abner and amanda like leading songs at my church as a kid so that yeah. was like really cool getting to you know reunite with them and and hop on that tour. So yeah, still super humbled and grateful That's for that experience. Incredible, incredible. Absolutely. What mm-hmm. uh, what what are some of the tours you did with them? Uh, did you do it with anyone pretty big or? We well, so it was that Moonlight tour. They put out that Moonlight record, and we did that summer of 2019. And then I think it was just like the festival season. After that, I got to play Moon River Festival, and we we headlined um, the Nashville one live on the green. Okay. Downtown Nashville. I think that's still the biggest show I've ever played. That's like 12,000 people. That's, that nuts. was, that was a cool feeling. So it was all really hectic and like, it was crazy. All that coming out of nowhere, like going from like Jack Rabbits with my band to these crazy shows, yeah. crazy big shows playing like their tunes. Um, all, yeah, all that was, I don't even have the words for it. It was crazy. I'm going to ask you the dumbest question do it is are you nervous when you play in front of that many people how does that feel i i think i I definitely definitely then like i was always nervous and i would just kind of convert that nervous energy into like physical stage energy yeah um uh, where i'm at now i think the only time i'm like really nervous because i i i'm so comfortable with what i'm doing on stage it's always like pre-show anticipation and like anxiousness like i like i'm like 10 minutes before a show heart rate speeding up and like palms a little bit sweaty but i get on i get out on stage and everything's okay like i'm able to enter a show mode and that's i don't know i feel very comfortable on stage well you look comfortable so oh well good half the battle (laughs) (laughs) it is half the battle dude it's it's like 50 percent of it um but yeah, so I guess, yes, still get nervous, still get super excited, but way more comfortable with it now, for sure. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Did you get to meet? I know this is a nerdy question, but my wife would kill me if I didn't ask you. Yeah, Did you, get to, you got to meet Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? From yeah, Fixer yeah, Upper. We, Your parents yeah. went out there, right? Didn't, they did. They came to that show because they they do the uh, the festival there in Waco, Texas. Uh, Magnolia. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget what it's called, but yeah, that was really cool too. And that yeah, there were so many experiences like that on that tour that really just kind of taught me like, oh, everybody's people, and you know, there's not there's no such thing as like I don't know the the hierarchy that you're able to give to like people that are super influential and have a lot of um uh, like a, a huge following sure. it just kind of showed me like oh like they're we're the same like we're all just people we're all working together doing our own thing because like we i mean we did the today show on that tour oh, that, and it was the nuts. same day it was it was the same day that the secret life of pets cast was in doing some sort of an interview so like kevin hart was there and like all these crazy voice actors Patton Oswalt like just chilling and like what were you like, thinking when when you were there were you like oh my oh, god bro it was a fever dream I could have never put it's the stuff I would literally like dream about like, oh that was really weird and random I can't believe I had that dream last night um like Kevin Hart cracking jokes to us right before we go on that was the, sc- the heck? I think I think that was the scariest moment of my life like doing the today show those cameras look like the insides of the animatronics at Disney, like they're super huge, and I don't know, it's just super fast paced. So it's like, and well, you're on, and you're playing you're for gone. millions, literally, really. Like, yeah, I mean, so yeah, then you think about that, and it's like, yeah, oh my god, this is this is nuts. Um, yeah, so a, a lot of a lot of experiences like that, it just kind of showed me and taught me at at a younger age, like, okay, the world is super small, and you're always like one person away from somebody. And everybody's just people, you know. So yeah. I, that's I think that's the main thing I'm grateful for from that tour. Like other than the the chops and like, you know, cutting my teeth and getting reps in, doing live shows and being able to handle that sort of pressure, because that's yeah. definitely helped me a ton. But just the the life experiences from it were really good too. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So after Johnny Swim. Uh, you know, you obviously decided to go a different route. And what, uh, yeah, is that kind of, uh, did you, what did you do in between that time before you joined Flip Turn? Well, so that was like when the pandemic started. It was, you know, the giant swim stuff slowed down because they were off the road. And I think there was like spot dates here and there. But really, the when the world kind of shut down, that's sure. when, I don't know, plans were changing and stuff was looking different. Like we did, I, I did some like at home recording. I like learned how to record myself at home because Giants Film was doing stuff. But I think through that time I realized like, okay, you know, I, I have no idea when live stuff's going to start up again. And, you know, Giants Film always has a rotating cast of musicians, just incredible yeah. musicians all the time. So I was like, all right, I need to figure out where to like focus my energy. And um, Mitch Fountain who is now keyboardist and guitarist in Flip Turn. Um, we kind of hit it off during that season or like at the beginning of the pandemic or right beforehand. And I, I literally found him from scrolling on social media. He was on my Explore page from Instagram. I was like, this dude's local and he's a shredder and I want to work with this guy. So I literally sh- I shot him a DM. I was like, man, you're awesome. Like, can we just do like a cover or something? Because that's kind of what I was doing at the time. I was like, okay, I'll do all these cover videos. And he's like, yeah. So... 
we hit it off from that. We started becoming friends and we would kind of always geek out about flip turn locally because they would draw so hard in the local mm-hmm. scene and our bands like Solafita and his band Astro and I be like, we would hop on uh, the bill with them knowing, okay, people are going to show up to the show. And we're going to sell this out because they're yeah. headlining. And we would kind of geek out and be like, okay, like it would be really cool if only we could like join Flip Turn and like you know, uh, we we knew obviously that meant like members would have to like not be involved. But the keyboardist slot opened up and Mitch got in, and then he kind of like Trojan horsed me when <laughs> the drummer seat opened up in the group. So I remember hopping on like a call with them, and they were like, "You want to come?" practice with us learn some songs and it just sort of was a natural progression and you know I, I did some one-offs with them became friends and we eventually started writing together and it has just taken off since then it's been really cool um but that was that was early 2020 and i remember during the pandemic since we weren't really playing shows and we weren't really able to do that we took a a writing trip um, to Phoenix, Arizona, or Apache Junction, which is like an hour outside of Phoenix mm-hmm. in Arizona. But we we did that drive, which is just, I mean, it's like three days of straight driving, all, just I-10 like the whole way. And I mean, I, I had never done anything like that at that time because it was band and trailer. And yeah. that was just such a cool experience. And we spent two weeks out there in a cabin in the desert and that is just the complete opposite atmosphere from florida sure it's dry and there's no water or anything so we were isolated and we kind of that was our first creative experience with each other and we cranked out most of what shadow glow is now our our first record A a lot of those songs were the early stages were written there at that cabin um but I think we, you know, because of all that, it just sort of felt, it felt right, and it was super fulfilling. And I had always wanted to be a part of something like that. John, the Johnny Swim experience was crazy and incredible because those shows were awesome, and working with those people that I've looked up to was awesome. Um, but I definitely always want to be a, a part of something that's like, like my own that you're involved in songs. Yeah. yeah like my own creativity, like putting all of that in there, getting to see a song from the beginning and put it out there. So, I mean, once touring started back up and we started to play these songs and people caught on to them, it just, it just kind of has a snowball effect from there. It's just been rolling and getting bigger. And it's That's really insane. cool. Mm-hmm. So before you guys, okay. So you joined flip turn mm-hmm. you start to write kind of the record uh you know some demos uh pre-production yeah. all that stuff yeah, yeah yeah um in in before you sign with dual tone you guys mm-hmm. are playing Lollapalooza. you're playing bonnaroo like tell me about yeah. that that's in that's Dude, like inconceivable like it it really is it i mean those were dream festivals since i knew what a festival even was you know what i mean like because you, you know, all of the the big artists do those and that's like how you like find music anybody that is a musician and playing shows you aspire to play those festivals yep. so, so cramming them all into one year was the best experience and it was so much fun so i mean that I, last summer was just 
incredible. I found a lot of my favorite bands through those festivals. Like a lot of like really cool, crazy acts like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard oh, yeah. and Turnstile. Like that's yeah. how we found these groups that we've bonded over. And those experiences were just crazy. Um, but yeah, we actually, so we, we signed to Dual Tone at Bonnaroo. I think the day either before or after we played, I can't remember, but it was, it was a pretty quick um, decision and progression. We, we had kind of all been on the same page of wanting to stay independent. Like we did shadow glow independent. We worked with John Gilbert, who is a freaking incredible producer and such mm-hmm. a sweet dude. And he just, I, I'm so thankful that we got to work with him on that. Um, Cause he really made these songs what they are today, but he's stoked. Was he stoked on the record? He was super stoked. I, 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 he had so much fun. And I think he said it was one of his favorite projects that he's worked on, which was, which means a ton to us. Totally. Um, Cause I mean, anytime you get to work on something that you love, that just makes it so much more Absolutely. enjoyable. Um, but yeah, so we, I mean, we were writing that high, that energy of like, Oh, we, we love these songs. The producer loves these songs and we're independent and we're getting all these offers and we're doing these festivals and this is awesome. So we had that mentality of like, Oh no, we can just, we'll just do it ourselves. Like we don't need no big label. And then Dual Tone hit us up and, uh, you know, we, we started looking into them and we knew that they had worked with Mount Joy and that they've been working with the Lumineers their entire career. And, you know, there's a bunch of these artists that we look up to and we appreciate on the roster. And it was very appealing. And we, you know, got to meet we, we met the team after we signed, but we knew that it was a very small team. And the offer that they pitched to us was not not invasive, and it was very clean and, like, nothing slimy. And it just felt like, logistically, it would be a very mutually beneficial for both business relationship. Yep. And it was just, we couldn't have asked for any better offer. Like, if we were ever to sign to any label that would be the the deal that we hope for. So once we got that, it was really quick. We're like, you know what? This is this is gonna take it to the next level. This will get our record um in front of a lot of people and into new ears. And it just felt right. So when we we literally signed electronically in like a little uh, modular on Bonnaroo Festival Grounds. That's amazing. And yeah, it, which is, that's so like Gen Z, like back in the day, it was like pen and paper. And now yeah. we're like, oh, let's just have one of our people type it out and boom, send it off via email, yeah. you know? So that was crazy. Um, but yeah, they're such a sweet team. Um, very personable, relatable, hardworking, diligent. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't be happier that we're on that label now. It's been a great experience. So did they just go ahead and since you said you guys did um, Shadow Glow by yourself, did they just like, mm-hmm. license it or is that kind yeah. of how it worked? Yeah, it's uh, like we, you know, we completely own all the masters. And like I said, nothing's invasive or anything. They, the way that they roll is they really trust the artist. You know, they, they believe in the artist and, you know, they don't they, – they can only hold like – like let's say we put out another record with them right so we're we're writing we have these songs they're not allowed to hold the masters um from release for more than like 
two years, okay. which a lot of artists get screwed yeah. with that because they get it's a big label and they get put on the back burner and they're like on the shelves and it's kind of forgotten yeah. because they're not they know it's not going to be like the money maker. So bigger labels are investing into what they think is going to be the most profitable, you know. Yeah. And dual tone really doesn't work like that. They believe in the artist. They believe in the authenticity, and they just trust all of that. So we have so much freedom, and it, like I, I, it just feels like an extension of the team, like the management yeah. that we're already with, like Atlas Touring, which I have so much pride in. They're the coolest people ever, um, and they crushed. We wouldn't be able to do anything we do without them. Who else is on but, the roster? Um, I know Shaky Graves. Okay, yeah, is on that roster. Houndmouth. Oh yeah, your dad loves yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> dude. They, yeah, crazy. So I and I, and I can't remember off the top of my head like everybody on the roster. It's it's not super huge, but just really incredible bands and you know a lot yeah. of people look up to those groups and a lot of my me and my band members also yeah do so. So that's why it just felt right and yeah, it's worked out sense. really well since yeah. Yeah, especially at your age, usually you hear the horror stories, and mm. that's really cool that you guys, you know, have not only probably the deal of a lifetime, you know, in your in your world, but it's mm-hmm. it's great to hear that you know labels aren't there to rip your head off or or to you know, yeah, you know, to rob you, if, if right. you will. Not all, not all, and I think that's the thing. I think third, like labels are realizing you can't get away with that. Oh anymore. yeah. Was there any other labels that were interested at that time? I'm sure. And, you know, I I don't think I I saw all of the offers that were coming in, but I knew that we were kind of just, we had that mindset of turning pretty much anything down. Nothing really looked like it would, yeah, nothing looked appealing. But, and and our management wouldn't really tell, like they kind of just, they would handle all of that and we would just trust them. So when we got that offer, they're like, this is too good to be true. We need to show them this and like see if we can get them on board. And yeah. Yeah. It worked out. That's really cool. So let's talk about the Shadow Glow record, if you don't mind. Just like uh, yeah. tell me kind of uh, your thoughts on it, kind of maybe some mm-hmm. memories, some stories, and kind of maybe the recording process of it for you. Kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be super deep. Just just kind of tell me yeah. some, what your thoughts on it. So, I mean, that was the first full length that I've ever worked on. Um, which I, I've always wanted to do. Um, and, you know, that the early process kind of started at that cabin that I mentioned in Arizona. And I, I think we worked on it over the course of a year and a half. Um, you know, we got the, we got about five songs to that cabin. We, we spent more time writing other tunes kind of at their house in Fernandina. And we knew we, I mean, we were looking for producers and, we got in touch with John Gilbert and he had worked on Mount Joy's first record. So we loved, we already loved what he did. They're so good. Hopped on a, yeah, they're freaking rippers, dude. And such sweet people. But, and, and so is John. John is such a sweet dude. And when we got on a call with him, we knew like, okay, this is, this is our guy. Like we're going to work with John on this. So it was a, it was a different recording experience from what I had ever done uh, up until then I had, only recorded locally, only recorded with all of my own gear. And it was like kind of like puzzle piece record. It's like, okay, we should, we're going to start with drums and we're going to do this and it's going to be produced. We're going to put it all together one by one. And this was different because most of the songs on this record 
are all one take, like recorded wow. live. And it's like what the drum tracks that I laid down, um, like all, I don't know how to put it. Whatever take I, I played, that was like the take we were going to pick, whichever one that we all agreed on. So yeah. it's all that we, there wasn't really that many punch-ins or anything like that. There was production stuff we did. Like, obviously we would add layers. I got to add like percussion and all of that, but we, we flew out to LA and we worked in a couple different studios. We worked in John's home studio a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not for tracking drums. We would actually we'd get bigger rooms for that. There was a, a couple different studios in LA. And yeah, that process was just really fun and really fast paced. We just cranked them all out, all the songs that we had in two weeks. And um, John really just... He was super encouraging and super diligent and made the process so easy and enjoyable for everybody. So it was really cool. And I'm I'm glad that we did that record uh, the way that we did it because I think that's where Flip Turn's sound kind of thrives. It's that like live energy. So getting to do like getting to all play together in the same room for like a foundation take and then like going back and like adding stuff on top of it and like fixing that and making that original take feel good. That was, I think that was a process that needed to happen for this record. Cause there's just something about that energy. I like the rawness and the, you know, the authenticity of yeah. it. I think it really summed up the sound that we had, like when we first started working together and then, you know, it, the live shows coming after that. So yeah, I'm super proud of it. What um, did you? Was everything written when you went into the studio, or did you guys write stuff in the studio? Mostly, I think there was one song. There's a track called "Take Care" on Shadow Glow, and that song we finished writing in the studio because sometimes there's like, you know, you don't really know what you want to do with a song, and then you get into a studio and there's an instrument you've never seen before, or I don't know, the room has a has a weird like. Uh, acoustic or resonance or something feels right and you pull from that or you try something and it feels good so that song got finished in there i i remember seeing a xylophone and like messing with it and be like oh like this needs to be in the song and <laughs> there's a bunch of synths that made it in there so it kind of that one was the one that i would say we puzzle piece together and yeah that was that was really fun putting that one together but all the others we demoed out and had ready to go. And John would hear the demos that we sent to him and give us notes and we would kind of refine it. But we had everything pretty much ready when we flew out there. To that LA. probably helped the process a ton. You know, you, you're going, you're dialed in, you're good to it go. It did. Absolutely. That's yeah, sick. Yeah, so it was, it was really cool. And, that, and like I said, like it was the first time I hadn't um, used all of my own gear. I flew out there with my, my snare my symbols and other than that we were kind of working with the shells like the the drums that the studios had provided so we would kind of mess with like the heads and like the tuning and got those right and that was that was new for me because i'm used to working with all my own stuff but it kind of taught me oh you can make anything sound good and and fit and i think it also kind of helped create the sound that the record has acoustically so Yeah. yeah it was Super cool. 
What's uh what's your favorite record or excuse me, what's your favorite song on that record? And what's your favorite song to play live? Oof. On that Dude, I, I think I think it's the same song, live and on the record. And it's the track God Damn, which, you know, sorry to all of my <laughs> my church <laughs> friends or you know, anybody that's offended by that. But if you listen to the song, you'll realize, oh, like, you know, it's not it's nothing sure. like that. It's about the it's about like how how it sucks how cheap it is to get affirmation like from social uh-huh. media and all of that and like how we just uh, kind of hate that like yeah. the inter- the internet social media like there's a lyric that's like love is cheap like cigarettes and yeah it's kind of it's it's like the most like rocky punky high energy song on the record it's so that one's really fun and it and it has like hints of shame energy yeah and i think that's why it's a little bit nostalgic for me so i love that song and that one's super fun to play live because the energy it it goes hard that track and then hollow i love the way hollow sounds i've always wanted to create a sound like that that one feels more mute mathy to me so it was fulfilling getting to do a track like that and we hadn't played it live until this tour that we just did um this winter and we finally got to a place where it's feeling good in the live setting too so i'm proud of i'm really proud of those two tracks that's awesome um after the record came out uh you just hit the road i guess um is was it uh support for mount joy right and um what what else did you have going on from that yeah we, we had some support dates with mount joy with rainbow kitten surprise i think the first tour that we did with the new shadow glow songs was with will dorado oh that's right yeah that that was early um 2022 so same time like oh my god they're incredible like so tight and and they have such a great sound on stage and in the records, but they're also just the sweetest dudes. It was kind of like touring with your cool uncle, but like times five. Like they are just the sweetest, most sweet. accommodating, fun guys to be around. Um, so that was such an that was an incredible tour. I miss those guys tons. Your dad turned me onto them. I, I had never heard of them. I was like, I love the band name, and you yeah, know, I'm like that's. I'm probably gonna like them. And so. Yeah, no, they're they're awesome. They're awesome. So we did that tour. Um, yeah, those support dates with Mount Joy and Rainbow Kitten Surprise, and uh, the first headline tour that we did for the record was last fall. So in the fall of 2022, that was the start of the Shadow Glow tour, and that's when we really saw because that was like we put out the record and did the tour. So early on. It was cool getting to play those songs. And then towards the end, the more and more, like the, the more shows that we did, we realized, oh, people are, sing- people know these songs now. Like they're actually, they're singing them. And some nights they're screaming them louder back to us than we are to them. And that's when it really started feeling, I mean, that was the coolest feeling. A song that I had never worked on a song, like start to finish and then toured it and then got to hear people 
like learn the song and connect with it and then go super hard with it live that's That's the first experience i've had with that and it's incredible it's addicting it's the best feeling it's all i wanted to do so the last two tours have just been nuts what are what of what are the um like when the flip turn fans what do they say to you like what's you know, are they just freaking out or like, are they like, Devin, you're the man? Like, what, how, how's, how's the conversation like? Well, there, we have such sweet fans, man. And, uh, you know, we, we don't get to talk to as many people now just because of the, the flow of show. Like we finish, we take a breather and then we have like a lighting package now. So we spend a lot of time tearing that down. Sure. Just, we still get to talk to some people every now and then. And it depends on the venue and how long people wait outside to talk to us but man it's just so cool because people are i mean they'll, they'll tell us how much they're connecting with their songs and like what it means to them and you know like like the memories they've created with them how they're speaking to them and it's really cool to see um how the songs are taking new meaning with other people's experiences and yeah, people are just so sweet, so freaking sweet. Like we get so much encouragement and love from our fans, and it's it's cool to meet aspiring drummers and other drummers on the road and other people that are wanting to do the thing. Because I've always wanted to to tour and write music and play shows, and then like have that light a spark in somebody else. Yeah, like what bands I looked up to growing up did for me. So getting to see that actually happen night to night is uh, very, very full circle and very fulfilling. Um, yeah. Yeah, our fans are the sweetest people in the world. They're so awesome. Well, I'll be real with you. I have yet to see you guys live, so I need to come see you guys next time. Maybe the, the Jacksonville shows. Yeah, we, we just announced those. I was just about to say, um, finally coming back to Duval. Intuition Dude, works. I love that you tagged Trevor Lawrence. I think that's the coolest thing in the in the world. It would be the coolest thing in the world if he showed up. I'm not oh, dude. We, totally. we will bring him on stage. Absolutely. Um, yeah, which what a what a season for the Jags. Oh, that yeah. was dude. that was the most I've ever gotten into football ever. Tr- Trevor Lawrence is the freaking man. Yeah, he is. He's a sweetie for sure. Mm-hmm. Sick, dude. So I uh, I put a thing up. I haven't done this on the podcast yet, mm-hmm. so, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to do it um, every yeah. once in a while. And I put out um, a post where people could ask you some questions. So I I, um, cool. I got some here, and I was going to see what you say. So Yeah, let's let's do it. Uh, Johnny Nail. Johnny Nail. Oh, Johnny. Who, I love Johnny. Yeah. Who are your biggest drumming inspirations and why? I and mean, we kind of talked about that earlier, but go ahead and – yeah, we talked about a few. So I, I'd say my dad, Mike Von Balson, Darren King, those are probably the two strongest, um, just incredible, incredible drummers. Um, J- Jared Bowser from Sun Bears. Um, I need to make sure I don't butcher last names. I, I, I wrote down the first and last names of a lot of these drummers because I knew that this would probably come up. Um, Keith. Uh, Metzger from Mock Orange. I, oh, he's so I'm good. a huge fan of Mock Orange, and Heath is such a such a dude. Um, big inspiration. Thomas Headland from Phoenix. Uh, Casey Dietz from the Velveteen. Oh, insane. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Sterling, uh, Nate Smith. All of these, yeah, all of these dudes. I just anybody that has deep pocket and is very physical and they're playing. And looks like they're enjoying 
the what they're doing when they're yeah. drumming. That's I I love those dudes. Oh, and uh, c- kind of like current legends right now, um, Will Chapman from Colony House, insane drummer. Um, my buddy Troy Bruner from Little Image also. Just oh, that band's nuts. great. I love Good that band. Good lord. And they're on tour together right now. My family just got to see him at House of Blues Orlando, and that's a, that's a crazy lineup. So, that's nuts. That's yeah, true. and those dudes are sweeties, and they're also just absolute animals on stage. That's so, awesome. Yeah, all of those cats really look up to and enjoy their drumming. Dope. Here's one from Emily One All Music. I think mm. that's how you say it. Okay. When you're listening to music, do you tend to critique the drums? Yeah, pro- yeah, honestly, d- definitely. Um, but maybe, maybe not critique. I don't know if critique would be the word. I think it's just kind of the first thing that I notice. I- I'll say like the music is definitely what I hear first, and the lyrics and all of that are kind of lost on me unless I spend enough time. Unless I'm, I'm intentional about listening to it. There's there's still some of my favorite songs that I don't know all of the lyrics to just because I'm really like affected fixated on the drums. The music. Yeah. The, the <laughs> drums, the music, not just the drums, but I definitely, I, I pay really close attention to like the tuning, like the feel fills and tones and all that. I, I think I'm definitely biased because I'm a drummer and that's probably why, but sure. Yeah. I'd say I definitely zone in on that first. Absolutely. Uh, here's one from Rowdy Kyler. What is what's it feel like to travel the country and meet fans while playing sold out crowds? Oh, you kind of it's, answered that earlier, but yeah, dude, it's just yeah, such a freaking dream come true. It's it's a joy. It's full circle. It's surreal. I don't think there's anything else I'd rather be doing in this season of life. It's um, it, it's everything I've wanted to do. And I want to continue doing it as much as possible. Nothing like it. Best job in the world. That's awesome. Smokey loves me. How much do you love your mother? More, more than anybody in this entire world. My mom is the best mother ever. She is the sweetest, funniest, prettiest person. And yeah, I love her. Love you, mom. If you're listening, you're the oh, she'll best. listen. She'll listen. Yeah, she'll listen. <laughs> um, okay, this is a, a good one. Julian Baker's Donut Tattoo says, asks, desperately need to know, is he Team Starbucks or Team Duncan? Team Duncan all of the way. You can quote me on that rest of my life. Starbucks is not the GOAT. Duncan is the GOAT. They're the best. Cheap coffee for the win. It's tasty. It's sugary. America runs on Duncan, not on Starbucks. So Ooh, let's go Duncan. Shots fired. Shots fired. Mm, that's right. Uh, Alejandro <laughs> Hernandez, 31. There's some underscores in there. I just, I'm too lazy to say. Uh, your favorite city to play. And then I'll say, what's your favorite Ooh. venue to play? Ooh, that's also, that's a, that's a really tough question. And yeah, it's hard because I also don't want to rule out a bunch of other cool cities. Um, I'm probably gonna take the the easy way out, but it's on it's my honest answer. My my favorite place to play is Jacksonville, Florida. It's Duval. I I think hometown shows just go the hardest. Florida in general, there's an energy here, and I think it's because, um, a lot of artists kind of skip Florida on tour. You know, logistically yeah. it's harder to get down here. I think it's less frequent that we get 
bands playing shows here um you kind of have to travel to go see shows most of the time so i'd say florida shows go harder than any others um but in like close second or third i mean new york is super fun i love the bowery ballroom in new york city that's a great room denver colorado anywhere in colorado is a blast to play oh yeah um, great great spot i lived there for a little bit it's yeah great. And Austin, Texas is really fun, too. The energy there has always been great. There's a lot of, I mean, it, it, it always just depends on, you know, the people that are showing up. But I sure. think Duval kind of takes the cake nice. for me. Incredible city. Fa- favorite venue, though. Um, okay, I, I'll say I have a new favorite venue, and we just played it on this run. And I never thought I'd say this, but it's in Birmingham, Alabama. And it's oh. the Saturn in Birmingham. Oh, nice. It's a crazy venue. The room is super cool. It feels good on stage. The energy was awesome. But then the green room is so massive and it's so hip. And That's it's accommodating. Awesome. They got like bunks, like like king size tour bunks stacked on each other and a full kitchen and multiple bathrooms and pinball machines and washer and dryer just everything that you could ask for that's so cool. on the road we got to stay there the night after we played the venue and it's all connected and there's a coffee shop connected there too and those people are super sweet so yeah the saturn in birmingham alabama i think is one of the coolest venues in north america it's awesome got one more for you uh at naughty pickle what is your dream lineup dream lineup for like a for like a, a tour or well let's say yeah let's let's what say a think? tour let's say a tour and then let's say a show okay <sighs> for a tour i mean good god uh there's just so many bands you know i got to see i got to see phoenix live and that was that was really cool so maybe a show with with phoenix Maybe you know if Mute Math ever did anything ever again, I would I would kill to see Mute Math live mm. again. Um, and man, I want to see Mock Orange really badly. So I want Mock Orange, Mute Math, and Phoenix all on a bill. I know that that is like <laughs> that would never happen in a million years, but that would be my dream lineup because I love those bands. Um, and like. And if there was a show, like that'd be a cool tour, like maybe something like that. But then a show, I want, I want Shangri-La on there mm-hmm. too. Maybe the same bands. Um, dude, there's just so many. That is a very tough question from the Naughty Pickle. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably the same answer for yeah. both touring, one show. A festival would just be too long to name. It'd be all of my favorite artists. Maybe oh, yeah. Maybe I make a playlist and it's just everybody on that playlist or something. That'd be crazy. Dude, side note, I just yeah. heard the uh, um, the mix that Griff did for the Shangri-La song. It's, it's mind-blowing. Oh I know, I know. Yeah. I know. Your, your it, dad texted me and I was like, oh my God. I, I think they'd be the best band in the world if their stuff was mixed at that level when they put the stuff out. I mean... Griffith, shout out to Jeremy Griffith. To Griffith, is ridiculous dude, it, rid, ridiculously talented, and he was super sweet. 
to me when I was a kid because he would mix Solofita's stuff. That's right. I forgot about that. I, was, I thought he did. Yeah. And I mean, he crushed and he gave us homie rates and he's always just been the the best dude. So huge shout out to him. I love that guy. Um, yeah. Crushed the remix of Shangri-La's stuff. Um, I want him to do the full record really badly. I'm trying to convince my uh, yeah, I said the same exact thing for sure. Yeah, I need to hear it. So yeah, that was that was incredible. Um, so let me. This is kind of a a little segue because I, I will start to wind up here in a few minutes. Um, what what current records you got on going? Like what's what you, what's in your in your CD player? Let's pull up. I literally I have to go to Spotify to remember all the names. So we're gonna go to that right now, dude. The new Paramore record has been on repeat recently so i've been listening to that it's the to remember the name of it. i think it's this is why but paramore that's been really good um i've been going through captain love by mock orange oh, a lot yeah. recently that's a phenomenal record i'm going back through their discography and it's so good um yeah the the velveteen stuff oh. um I'm trying to remember that record with the with uh, song eclipses. Yeah, um, I know. I forget what it is called. I can't find it. Yeah, I mean Velveteen. They're insane. Um, there's a man, scrolling through, and I'm like, man, I, I either listened to too much or not enough music. Oh, okay. There's this group I called. Or there's this group that's called Valise that I really love. And I think the, the dude that's been drumming with Johnny Swim recently has been playing. But he's been playing with them. He did this record with this band called Valise. And um, I'm trying to find the name of that right now. That is an incredible album. It's called Young Bloomer. So Young Bloomer by Valise. And then the, the new Dijon record i know it's not new i'm hopping on it now but dijon like the mustard their newest album is incredible too very cool there's just so much out right now man there's so oh, much. i know it's also I know. good it's ridiculous i, I mm-hmm. you know when your dad and i were growing up you know it'd be like you'd have to search for any morsel of music and then when you found it it was like gold and now yeah. it's in the palm of your hand which is great i love it but it also isn't as fun to go on the journey, like, you know, looking for something, you know? Not as fun. And I think it cow- counterintuitively, like, makes me almost, like, step away from it. I get so overwhelmed with all the options. Oh, I'm I know. Like, you know what? I'm going to stick to what I know. I kind of like these records. I'm going to just stay in my safe little bubble of the stuff I like. But, it, you know, it's a good reminder. I need to branch out a little bit more and start searching for new stuff. I know that there's this um, there's this app called radio and it's like a bunch of o's i forget how many but have you heard of this before Uh, no i haven't so you can if you download it it's really cool you can click on any country and then any like time period and and then it'll play a random song um that was released at that time period in that country and it's a great way to find music that you've never heard before that sounds cool and it's a lot. A lot of people use it for sampling too, because you all of it is you can sample it right there on the app, and then fly it into whatever it is you're making. So it's great for it's great for artists, and it's great for just like 
I guess, getting inspiration because you're going to hear so much that you've never heard before. Yeah. So it's really awesome. I like going to Brazil and uh, going to the 1970s and clicking on that. And the songs that are coming out of there at that time are awesome. So yeah. that's a fun little app in case you ever get bored or in a rut. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Sweet. So what's next up for Flip Turn and, and yourself? What, uh, what does the future look like? Yeah, I, you know, we got off this tour. We're going to do some festivals like Okeechobee this weekend. But, I, you know, I'm hoping we enter the writing stage again. I think we're all kind of itching. And, you know, we need to get our creative juices flowing once more. So I think album two will be in the works. And there's a lot of really cool shows that, I, you know, I, I can't say anything sure. about now, but there's a bunch of really cool announcements coming later this year. We, we get to do a couple of dates at Mount Joy. We're going to be playing the arena in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. April 20th. Uh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, there's some dates with... Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff coming, and I don't know how much I can or cannot sure. say. Yeah, I got you. But just be on the lookout. Some dream shows coming this year for sure. That is super exciting, dude. I'm mm-hmm. so pumped for you. Dude, thank you. Bro, thanks so much dude, for coming on the podcast. This was such a such a pleasure and a treat, and it was great getting to talk with you again. I miss you, man. Well, you got my phone number. Heck yeah, I'll hit you up, man. All right, bro. Well, I will uh, let you know when I post this, but it was good talking and tell your Tight. tell your fam I said hello. Absolutely. Great talks, great hangs. I'll I'll tell the fam that you said what's up. All right, buddy. I'll try to make out one of those shows. All right, sounds good, dude. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you. All right, bye-bye. All right, much love. See ya. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode. Uh, thank you so much to the listener for tuning in. I really appreciate the support. Again, uh, at the rumors are true cast on Instagram, as well as the rat podcast on Facebook. Uh, thank you so much to Devin Von Balson. I really appreciate his time. I know he's super busy hanging with the fam, getting back from tour and resting up. So thank you so much for your time, dude. It was a really cool conversation. And uh, check out the new Flip Turn record, Shadow Glow. It's really, really good. Super stoked on it. Sounds incredible. And, uh, you know, Devin's an incredible drummer. So check it out. Thanks for hanging. And I'm really stoked for the future, guys. Thank you. Peace. Peace.